Welcome to our broadcast on K-Radio, and my name is David Ewan, one of the leaders of the Resurrection Center with Pastors Jose and Melly Martinez. Bible 101 is now on K-Radio for Kingdom Radio. Our website is thekradio.com. In our broadcast on K-Radio today for Bible 101, we will cover the first six books of the New Testament of the Bible. They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. There are six books we'll be talking about. I'll say them again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. And here is a summary of what we'll talk about today. Uh, number one, the Gospel of Matthew. This is an account of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, focusing on Jesus's role as the true king of the Jews. Number two, the Gospel of Mark. This brief account of Jesus' earthly ministry highlights Jesus' authority and servanthood. Number three, the Gospel of Luke. Luke writes the most thorough account of Jesus' life, pulling together eyewitness testimonies to tell the full story of Jesus. Number four, the Gospel of John. John lists stories of signs and miracles with the hopes that readers will believe in Jesus. Number five, Acts. Jesus returns to the Father, the Holy Spirit comes to the church, and the gospel of Jesus spreads throughout the world. And number six, Paul summarizes how the gospel of Jesus works in a letter to the churches at Rome where he plans to visit. Let's go to the book of Matthew. The theme verse of Matthew is, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And again, that's Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. The book of Matthew is the first gospel. It's an account of Jesus' life and ministry. It's in the New Testament. In Matthew, Jesus teaches people what it means to be part of his kingdom the kingdom of heaven. He is betrayed and crucified. He rises again and commissions his disciples to spread the good news. Matthew presents Jesus as the Messiah, as we find in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, the promised descendant of King David, who would bring God's kingdom to earth and establish a time of peace and justice. Matthew quotes the Old Testament extensively, and places special emphasis on Jesus' fulfillment of prophecies, which would have been important to a Jewish audience. Matthew tells us the story of Jesus with an emphasis on his role as Messiah, or as we know, as Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. And God endorses Jesus as his beloved son. He is God incarnate, living among men. Jesus is the king. He is the son of King David. Jesus repeatedly declares that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and tells many parables about it. The book of Matthew makes more mentions of the kingdom of heaven, of kingdom of God, than any other uh, Gospels. Jesus is the promised Savior. He is the Son of Abraham, through whom God has promised to bless all the nations of the earth. 
Matthew emphasizes the Old Testament prophecies that Jesus fulfills from his birth, through his ministry, and right up to his death and resurrection. He lives a righteous life, teaches us what it means to be righteous, and dies on a cross so that we can be right with God. The book of Matthew presents Jesus as the ultimate Jewish hero, if you want to call it that, the Masonic son of David, the prophetic, the prophet, I should say, who surpasses Moses and the seed of Abraham that blesses all nations. So a basic outline goes as follows. First, we start, talk about Jesus's birth and significance, then Jesus's teaching and ministry, then Jesus gains some followers, there's the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus works miracles, Jesus sends his disciples, Jesus is confronted, withdraws, parables about the uh, kingdom, Jesus is revealed as a son of God, how greatness works in the kingdom, uh, people struggle with uh, Jesus' kingship, uh, teachings of judgment in the kingdom to come, Jesus' sacrifice, victory, and commission to his disciples. That's all I wanted to say about the, this book of the Bible. Now we'll turn our attention to the next book in the Bible. So we'll turn our attention to the book of Mark. So the book of Mark is the story of what Jesus did for us. The author, John Mark, wrote this book based on the Apostle Peter's memories of Jesus' words and deeds. Mark is the second gospel of an account of Jesus' life and ministry in the New Testament. Like the other gospels, Mark records Jesus' life, his miracles, betrayal, death, resurrection, and commission. However, Mark's gospel is very brief, nearly half as long as Luke, and focuses more on things Jesus did rather than things Jesus said. Mark's stories are not arranged chronologically. Instead, they're put together to give us a quick, accurate view of Jesus. This gospel, the book of Mark, emphasizes two important characteristics of Jesus Christ. Number one, his authority as the Son of God. And number two, his compassionate service to people, particularly in miracles. The theme verse of Mark is as follows. It's in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And that is Mark chapter 10, verse 45. The book of Mark opens with a quick overview of what the book is about. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Every passage in Mark Every miracle, every conversation, every deed points back to Jesus' authority as the Son of God. Mark is a brief synopsis of Jesus and could have been meant for reading in one sitting or aloud to an audience. It's an exciting account of the Son of God that could speak to the Jews and the non-Jews of Mark's day. So here's an outline. There, there's basically three parts. Number one, Jesus announces the kingdom. Number two, Jesus predicts his death to the disciples three times. Number three, Jesus 
it, it relates to the suffering servant. Okay, so let me go through each of these three more detail. Number one, Jesus announces the kingdom. First of all, Jesus is the new king. He starts a new kingdom and he sets up a new order. Okay, and that's in the early part of the book of Mark. In the second part, uh, Jesus predicts his death to the disciples three times. Um, in this part, there's, uh, well, first, uh, Jesus heals a blind man. Then there's a first prediction cycle, a second prediction cycle, a third prediction cycle. And then Jesus heals another blind man. Okay, and this is in, in Mark's chapter 8 and 9 uh, and 10. Um, in the third part, uh, we talk about uh, the suffering servant. That's who Jesus is. So this involves Jesus. He enters Jerusalem as king and lawgiver. Uh, he predicts the fall of Jerusalem. Jesus suffers, and then he is resurrected. So that's all I wanted to say about uh, this book of the Bible. Now let's turn our attention to the next book of the Bible, and that book is the book of Luke. So Luke is the third gospel. It's an account of Jesus' life and ministry in the New Testament. In the book of Luke, Luke tells Jesus' story in extensive detail, more so than any other gospel. Luke records miracles, sermons, conversations, and personal feelings. The writer is a thorough historian who researched everything. And Luke's attention to detail shows not only uh, is his the longest of the four Gospels, but it is also the longest book of the New Testament. Luke states his purpose right away. This book is meant to give believers an accurate chronological understanding of Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection. Luke investigates the, the events of Jesus' life by speaking with eyewitnesses. Luke is written to a Christian with little education in the life of Christ, making this book a terrific starting point for believers interested in studying his life today. This is a good book to know a good deal about Jesus Christ. In Luke, Jesus is indeed the long-awaited Messiah. He is also the Savior of the nations. Whereas Matthew traces Jesus' ancestry to Abraham, Luke charts his lineage all the way back to Adam. This isn't surprising, after all. Luke spent a great deal of time with the Apostle Paul, who shared the good news with both Jewish and Gentile audiences. The book of Luke shows us Jesus who came to seek and save the lost. We learn all about the God-man, uh, if you want to call Jesus that, in whom we've placed our faith. We see how he lived, how he died, and how he rose again. Here's a quick outline of uh, the book of Luke. Uh, first, there's uh, Jesus' origins. Then uh, we talk about Jesus' popularity as a prophet and how that grows. Then, of course, there's the opposition to the Son of Man that grows. Then we talk about Jesus' betrayal, the trial, and death. 
And finally, we talk about Jesus' resurrection. That's all I wanted to say about this book of the Bible. Let's now turn our attention to the next book of the Bible. The next book of the Bible is the book of John. John is the fourth and the last gospel of uh, the book, uh, of the New Testament, I should say. I'll say that again. John is the fourth and the last gospel. It's an account of Jesus' life and ministry. Uh, it's in the New Testament. John focuses on the deity of Christ more so than any other form. We see Jesus as the Word of God, the Son of God, and God himself. Jesus is a great miracle worker, an omniscient teacher, a compassionate provider, and a faithful friend. John may be the final gospel, but this narrative begins far, far earlier than the other three. While Mark begins with Jesus' adult ministry and Matthew and Luke begin with his physical birth, John opens up with the beginning of all creation, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Gospel of John makes a strong argument for Jesus as the exclusive Savior and the only way to know God. Jesus is greater than the Jewish heroes Moses and Abraham. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, and John challenges us to believe in him. So here is the theme verse of the book of John, and this is in John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And again, that is in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 30 through 31. So Jesus presents himself as God incarnate through the Gospel of John, often using the phrase, I am the memorial name of God revealed in Exodus. So John records several I am statements from Jesus throughout this book, and I'll give you the examples. I am the bread of life. I am from God, and he sent me. I am the light of the world. I am God. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the son of God. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the vine. And these are examples where Jesus says, I am. So here's an outline of the book of John. So starting in chapter 1, there's the prologue, okay? Um, in the, the second part, there's the book of signs. There are several miracles that John uses to show Jesus is the Son of God, such as turning water to wine, healing the nobleman's son, healing the sick man at the pool of Bethesda. Um, then there's uh, the feeding of the 5,000. There's walking on water. There's healing the blind man. There's raising Lazarus from the dead. 
the Jews reject Jesus and Jesus withdraws to his disciples. So these are some of the things that happen. Uh, the next part talks about the, uh, the book of glory, which is John chapter 13, verse 20. Jesus, this is where Jesus demonstrates his love for the disciples, and the Father glorifies the Son. So, uh, starting in chapter 13 of the book of John, uh, you have Jesus' final uh, teachings. Uh, then in chapter 17, uh, we talk about Jesus' high priestly prayer. Um, and then uh, in chapter 18 and 19, there's Jesus' betrayal, trial, and death. And then finally in chapter 20 is Jesus' resurrection. Okay, um, and the ending part, uh, this is where Jesus feeds seven disciples and reinstates Peter. That's in uh, John chapter 21. So that's all I wanted to say about the, uh, this book of the Bible. Now let's turn our attention to the next book of the Bible, which is the book of Acts. So let me tell you about the book of Acts. Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus rose, Jesus ascended into heaven. The book of Acts tells us what happens next. Acts tells us how the Holy Spirit came upon the church and how the gospel spreads from Jerusalem to Rome. The book picks up where the gospel, the four accounts of Jesus' life and ministry, leave off. The book of Acts begins with the ascension of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit and goes on to show how the apostles preached Christ to the world. Let me share with you the theme verse of the book of Acts, and that's in chapter 1, verse 8. So that's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. And again, that's in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So Acts is a follow-up to the Gospels of Luke chapter 1. Uh, this is seen in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 2. So Acts is a follow-up to the Gospels. So um, you'll see this in Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, through two. So Luke carefully records the spread of Christianity in the Roman world, sometimes as an eyewitness. Acts shows us that Jesus was true to his word. The Holy Spirit came to the disciples and empowered them to work miracles and preach the good news throughout the world. So let me give you a quick outline of Acts. So in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, uh, I, I should say, in Acts chapter 1 through chapter uh, 9, the gospel spreads through uh, throughout among the Jews. Uh, in the second part, the church spreads to the Gentiles. Uh, and then in the third part, uh, the Apostle Paul spreads the gospel and plants churches in Asia and Greece. And in the last part, Paul spreads the gospel as a prisoner from Jerusalem to Rome. That's all I wanted to say about this book of the Bible. Now let's turn our attention to the next book of the Bible, and that's the book of Romans. Romans. So the Apostle Paul has not been to Rome and wants to encourage the church and remind them of the things they believe. So he writes them a letter, 
and this letter is among the most articulate description of the gospel, salvation, and Christ's work ever written. Paul explains the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and he unpacks the implications for everyone. For example, I'll give you a short list. All humanity whose sin makes us enemies of God. Next, Jesus who died to satisfy God's justice and bring us back to him. Next, the Holy Spirit who transitions us from sinners to adopt sons of God. Jews who were exposed to God's standards throughout the law of Moses. God, the Father, who glorifies in Christ's sacrifice the Spirit's work and the salvation of Jews and Gentiles. Paul also takes care to explain the Christian's proper response to the gospel, to serve and honor God. And that's in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. The rest of the letter describes what this looks like in real life, serving in church, uh, persevering under affliction, interacting with human governments, and loving one another. Okay, so now I will tell you about the theme verse of Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. But the righteous man shall live by faith. And that's in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. Again, that's in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. I will read the scripture again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. And again, that's in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. So Romans is the first of Paul's letters. Of the 27 New Testament books, Paul wrote 13. Nine of these books are letters to local churches like the one in Rome. Paul had wanted to visit the Church of Rome for many years when he wrote this letter, because it would still be a while before he would was able to make the trip to Rome. He wrote them in a letter with a twofold purpose: number one, to establish them in the faith by explaining the gospel, and number two, to encourage and remind them how they should act as a church. Paul and his followers also used this letter to send along greetings to the Christians in Rome. So here's a quick outline of the book of Romans. The first beginning part was the greeting from Paul. And that's in Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 17. Starting in chapter 18, it talks about the gospel. Uh, and that's uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, all the way through Romans chapter 11, verse 36. And what it talks about is how our sin makes us enemies of God, how Jesus reconciled us with God, how the Spirit changes us from sinners to sons of God, 
And finally, how God glorifies himself in salvation. And then next, our response to the gospel, which you'll see in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. And then there are uh, greetings to specific Christians, which uh, is in Romans chapter 16. So that's all I wanted to say about this book of the Bible. So that covers the first six books of the New Testament of the Bible. They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. We have completed presenting to you the first six books in the New Testament. Now let's go back to our summary of the six books. Number one, the Gospel of Matthew. This is an account of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, focusing on Jesus' role as the true king of the Jews. Number two, the Gospel of Mark. This brief account of Jesus' early ministry highlights Jesus' authority and servanthood. Number three, the book of Luke writes the most thorough account of Jesus' life, pulling together eyewitness testimonies to tell the full story of Jesus. Number four, the Gospel of John. John lists stories of signs and miracles with the hope that readers will believe in Jesus. Number five, Acts. Jesus returns to the Father. The Holy Spirit comes to the church, and the gospel of Jesus spreads throughout the world. Number six, Romans. Paul summarizes how the gospel of Jesus works in a letter to the churches at Rome, where he plans to visit. Bible 101 is now on K-Radio for Kingdom Radio. Our website is www.thekradio.com. This is The K-Radio. My name is David Ewan, one of the leaders of the Resurrection Center with Pastors Jose and Melly Martinez. This is K-Radio.